President Trump defends a former top aide accused of domestic violence as he blames top staffers for their response to the fallout. And Omarosa returns back on reality TV and blasting her former boss. This is State of America Tonight. He says he's innocent, and I think you have to remember that. What happened this week was mishandled uh, both from a procedural standpoint, but then from a PR standpoint. I think it's fair to say that, it, that um, you know, we all could have done better. He was asking me to downplay it, and he was asking me to emphasize more the relationship that he and I have now. Really only after the black and eye photos uh, emerged on Wednesday morning did you see a change of tune. The general is there to put in policies and processes and procedures. So where the buck stops, I guess at the end of the day, is with the general. This is a pattern. And it comes from the top. It's not a staffing issue. It's a leadership issue. Hello, I'm Kirsten Powers, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America Tonight. President Trump is standing by Rob Porter, his former top aide who resigned this week amid allegations of domestic abuse. Say, uh... Obviously, tough time for him. He did a very good job when he was in the White House. Uh, and we hope he has a wonderful career, and hopefully he will have a great career ahead of him. As you probably know, he says he's innocent. And I think you have to remember that. He said very strongly yesterday that he's innocent. So you'll have to talk to him about that. But we absolutely wish him well. Those comments coming, as sources tell CNN, Trump is unhappy with how his staff has responded to the firestorm. At least one official acknowledges that there have been some missteps. I think it's fair to say that, it, that um, you know, we all could have done better over the last few hours or last, last few days in, in dealing with this situation. CNN has learned that John Kelly's actions are one cause of frustration, not just for the president, but also for Kelly's colleagues. Sources say he knew about the abuse claims for months, but failed to do an internal investigation. The White House attempted to clarify the timeline on Thursday. You know, there's been some reports about the chief of staff. Uh, He became fully aware about these allegations um, yesterday. In an interview with CNN, Jennifer Willoughby, an ex-wife of Porter, said her former husband likely influenced the chief of staff. Knowing Rob the way that I do, he, he probably is able to, even, even if his clearance hadn't gone through and they knew that it was because of problems in his marriage, I think he was probably able to spin it in such a way that it was minimized, that it was downplayed. And I, I generally believe that uh, Chief of Staff Kelly thought that it was lesser than it was. And there are other staffers in the president's crosshairs, White House Counsel Don McGahn and Communications Director Hope Hicks. McGahn, who reportedly learned about the Porter allegations a year ago, and Hicks, who has been romantically involved with Porter and helped draft a statement defending him. Sources tell CNN the president feels Hicks allowed their relationship to cloud her judgment. Still, the White House maintains that all three have the president's support. Does the president retain full confidence in his chief of staff? Yes. In his White House counsel, in absolutely. his communications director? Yeah, absolutely. The president has confidence in his chief of staff, counsel, and communications. I want to bring in CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins. Caitlin, the president came out and offered a pretty strong defense of Rob Porter. Was this planned, and why is he speaking out now? 
It certainly was not planned. There were no events open to reporters on the president's schedule when we started today, Kirsten. And then they called a small group of reporters to come in. And the president was speaking with a supporter, but you saw there that he made his first public remarks on this case. And he did not say anything about the women who have accused Rob Porter of beating them when they were married to him. But he did say that he wished Rob Porter well in his future endeavors and remarked what a good job Porter did when he was here as the staff secretary at the White House. Those comments from the president are certainly generating a lot of criticism for obvious reasons because he did not address the sentiment that the White House has said he felt when he heard about this news that he was disheartened, that he was saddened. The president mainly focused on where Porter is going to go from here. Quite an interesting remark, but behind the scenes we do know that the president is very upset with some of his top aides, not only the chief of staff, but also a surprising one, one of his closest confidants, Hope Hicks. The president is very upset with the way that she's handled the scandal, this fallout from this situation with Rob Porter, mainly because he was not involved in the drafting of that first White House statement, that a very glowing statement that actually defended Porter. And secondly, because he feels that Hicks is putting her priorities ahead of the president's and ahead of the White House's here. So that's what's happening behind the scenes. But you're right, Kirsten and a very strong defense of Rob Porter from the president right there. And I should also note that the president brought up Rob Porter's denials of these accusations, even though there are photos and these women told these accusations to the FBI. It is obviously a crime to lie to the FBI. Yeah, I think a lot of people were waiting to hear what he had to say, and um, it was kind of incredible what he said. So thanks for that, Caitlin. For many reasons. We want to bring you more now of that CNN interview with Jennifer Willoughby, an ex-wife of former Trump aide Rob Porter. Willoughby and Porter were married in 2009, divorced in 2013, after she says she was physically abused. She tells our Anderson Cooper that the two spoke recently about a blog post she wrote detailing their marriage. Rob was aware of that post when it originally went out a year ago, a little less than a year ago, and again asked me to take it down two weeks ago. Um, I think in anticipation of, of... me being questioned about it. Did he ever ask you to deny? No, we were in contact uh, even a couple of days ago as he was asking me to release a statement um, about my blog post. And I went back and forth with him for an hour or so about what language I would be comfortable with. And ultimately, the language that he asked, I I wasn't comfortable with. And he came out with that statement less than an hour later. Can you say what he wanted you to to say? I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of the post does not accurately depict uh, my marriage. And there were there were some other things that were associated with it, and that just didn't feel right to me because it does accurately depict my marriage. And uh, another thing that he wanted me to say was that I had taken some liberties with this therapeutic post, which it was for me, mm-hmm. that I had taken liberties with that therapeutic post. And when I thought about it, I, I didn't. The things that I said were, were factual statements. It does sound like he was asking you to deny what you had... He was asking me to downplay it. And he was asking me to um, emphasize more the relationship that he and I have now, as opposed to what I experienced in our marriage. Have you talked to him in the last couple of days? I haven't. I haven't spoken to him since that conversation. The... um Rob Porter's now in in a relationship with the White House Press Secretary, Hope Hicks. Do you think he's changed? I... I don't think he's changed. Does that worry you? It worries me for a lot of reasons. I mean, it definitely worries me because if I'm being frank with you, 
if he hasn't already been abusive with hope, he will. And particularly now that he's under a lot of stress and scrutiny, that's, that's when the behaviors come out. And if he hasn't already, he will. You think he can't, he has not gotten help, he can't stop at this point? I don't think that he has done the self-reflective work to acknowledge this issue. I don't think that he has um, really taken the time to to deconstruct why it is that he behaves this way. And until he's able to do that, I don't know that he has control over it. So you're saying you're worried about Hope Hicks? I am worried. That was a part, part, just part of an incredible interview last night that Anderson did, uh, something that we're going to discuss with the panel coming up. And it's quite a contrast with President Trump's kind words that he offered for the accused today. And meanwhile, which staffers knew about the allegation and when? We'll discuss with the panel. U.S. President Donald Trump is coming to the defense of this former staffer who is accused of domestic abuse. Rob Porter resigned this week, and Trump says he wishes him well. Trump also pointed to Porter's claim that he's innocent. The panel tonight, Penny Lee, former senior advisor to former Democratic Senator Harry Reid, Kevin Sheridan, former spokesman for the Republican National Committee, Joe Borelli, New York City Councilman, and Patrick Healy, CNN political analyst and a New York Times editor. So I think the big news right now is that what the president said, he, he, you know, this was unexpected, according to CNN's Caitlin Collins, um, and he didn't say anything about the women, and he seems most concerned about Rob Porter. What do you make of this? Yeah, I think it was certainly a mistake. You know, this White House is going to join the, the list of politicos over the years who've used the term mistakes have been made. I think the president would have been much more wise to have just avoided commentary, uh, stuck to the White House's statement, uh, and, and, and taken a little bit of ownership and said, look, these are serious accusations. When I knew about it, we, we removed him. He's gone. That didn't happen. Uh, I think it's a tough thing to defend, and uh, I think it is unfortunate. But it doesn't seem like they think they are serious allegations. I mean, if they were, why would he not say that? Why would he be acting like the victim in this whole thing right. is Rob Porter? I mean, President Trump, time after time after time, has treated women either like liars or like they're not involved somehow in their own uh, in their own abuse. I mean, it's going back to the campaign, I remember interviewing him about... Uh, the women who were coming forward accusing him of sexual harassment, you know, liars, liars. This is all, you know, trumped up. They're trying to get money over and over again. And then, you know, with Roy Moore even, I mean, that was sort of the, I think, sort of the strongest moment Mm -hmm. when he, or the most striking moment when, you know, again, sort of defending Roy Moore and sort of focusing in on this innocence. Like if if a man basically says, I'm innocent, he hones in on that but doesn't spend any time talking about either the, the women, what they experienced, what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, I had that experience when I interviewed him, Penny, um, at, during the campaign and asked him, he was defending Roger Ailes, if you all remember that. And he basically said, I just, that's not who I know. I don't know, I, you know, Roger Ailes is not the kind of person, he's never done that in front of me. And I said, well, uh, why would he do it in front of you? That doesn't really make <laughs> sense. And this is something that we have seen. We keep hearing these reports about how all these people who know Rob Porter are like, oh, he's such a lovely person. This can't be true. But that's that's just one of the things about domestic abuse, right? Yeah, it is. And I mean, I will say the, the testament or the interview last night uh, by his uh, ex-wife was really compelling. Yeah. And she was so... It was not something that she had asked to do. It was not something that she had come forward. In fact, the blog that she had written was done anonymously without names. or She wasn't trying to do a... He, 
and he said, she right. said, but instead trying to address the issue so that more people could come out, that more people that had been involved in domestic violence, that, that felt that they had been muted, that they had been silenced, that they hadn't been able to work through their own grief, would have that vehicle in which to come out. So for president, the president of the United States, I mean, that's what I just keep coming back to, the president of the United States, to be so dismissive and to let somebody who's not once but twice but three times now that we know about mm -hmm. has been accused of this domestic violence, to be so callous to say, you know what, I'm going to probably put you in the second most important position in the entire White House. Every piece of paper that goes into the Oval Office is seen by this man. Mm -hmm. and so it, it's staggering to me that he is so callous. What do you make of it? Look, until today, it was not the president's direct responsibility and problem uh, in, in so much as it was the staff's problem. The staff had really screwed this one up. Um, you know, that, I mean, maybe debatable if he had known something beforehand that, that we haven't yet learned. But by stepping into it this way and by defending or by only talking about Rob Porter rather than talking about the women, talking about the situation generally, showing some empathy, showing, you know, just uh, some concern for the entire issue. He makes himself part of the, the story now. And it's, uh, this is his biggest problem. His biggest problem is with women in, in the suburbs going into 2018. They're either going to come out hard against him or stay home if they're Repu traditional Republican voters. And he's not making it better for himself when he does but, things like but today. what does it say about the president that this person, again, that is in such a key important place that cannot pass a background check, doesn't know? Well, but theoretically, I, the president, I mean, what the White House is saying is the president didn't actually know until recently. Though we you, know he's not yeah. exactly a detail-oriented um, But I think, but once he did know, you have to ask why he's responding the way he's responding. Again, when you have three people, and you, we were sort of hearing this idea that this was some sort of smear campaign against him, but we know now that uh, the ex-girlfriend actually got, well, hold on, an ex-girlfriend got in touch with both of the wives in the beginning of 2016. So, I mean, there was no Trump White House in the beginning of 2016. So were they like, like psychic and they knew this was going to happen and so they're plotting against some I mean it doesn't even make sense all of it can be true and Rob Porter can say he's innocent he's the victim of a scheme and that's fine but the accusations that were leveled against him in the scale of things that people have accused someone else of doing you know are serious they're, they're not just a case of he said she said they're mm -hmm. a, a case where someone is, is physically violent against another person these are things that the chief of staff or someone else doing investigations for who's coming to the White House should have been doing, really should have known about. And if it was that they knew about it, which it seems to be, uh, there should be some repercussions. Well, they should have known about it. They didn't know about right. it. Right. <laughs> they did, they did so, know about I mean, it. Yeah. But where the president's concerned, I mean, this is someone who talks off the cuff but also thinks off the cuff. I mean, yeah. he, you know, in terms of he's just such a reactive person, he gets a question. He's not, you know, he should be thinking exactly, you know, about what Kevin's talking about in terms of, you know, his support among women and what his messaging is. But instead, I, I think to some extent, he, he hates the narrative of chaos in the White House and the notion that, like, John Kelly should have done something or he's undisciplined. And, you know, his, his response to a lot of those stories is basically to sort of suggest either there's nothing here or in this case, well, the guy says that he's innocent. So what was I to do? I'm not a referee. And if, I think for a lot of people watching this, it's just, it's sort of unbelievable. Well, I think he's inclined to believe that women are making stuff up, don't you? And I think that was the inclination of everybody in the White House. I mean, we know now, we have new reporting about Don McGahn, the White House counsel. I mean, he was repeatedly informed about this. And as far as we can tell, didn't do any kind of investigation. And meanwhile, Hope Hicks is dating this guy. I mean, I don't understand what is going on that they're this, not concerned about this. This is a man who, when shown his own tape, or his own voice of a saying that he was going to abuse women, that it was okay, said, 
said, that wasn't me. I mean, this is a man who lives in a reality that I don't know exists. Yeah. And so it's not surprising. It's shameful. It's, it's unfortunately, it's not more shocking than it is that he has turned a blind eye to it and has taken the side of the male um, versus the woman and, and the profound accuse, accusations that have done. So, you know, unfortunately, also in this White House that we see time and time again, is it's going to be another distraction. I assume by Monday they're going to be pivoting on to like 14 other different crises that have occurred over the weekend. But I do think this is one that everyone has to be held accountable for it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I have to say I'm usually not surprised about things that happen in the White House. But the idea that, that all this was brought to the attention of the White House counsel and the person didn't have an FBI, you know, the FBI was holding up his security clearance and that they didn't take more of an interest in it, I, I, I do find, actually find shocking. Something I don't say very often anymore. Yeah, me too. I, here's what's surprising is that they knew that he wasn't going to get official clearance, uh, permanent clearance. What were they waiting for? What was taking so long that they would actually allow him and to elevate him into a position where he's actually seeing all of the, all of the classified material that goes across the president's desks? Uh, I, you know, I don't know that there's a good answer yeah. here. Somebody's going to be held accountable, I think. Yeah, and I, and I just, just want to say for the record that, look, if he was repentant, oh, I can't say anything for the record because I'm getting that music. <laughs> um, coming up, a reality TV star turned Trump aide is back on TV after her White House ouster. And surprise, surprise, she's dishing dirt on the president. That's next. We are worried, but I need you to say, no, it's going to be okay. Okay, no, it's going to not be okay. It's not. Not exactly what you'd hope to hear from a former White House staffer. That's Omarosa Manigault-Newman, commonly known just by her first name. She's returned to her reality TV roots after a stint as a Trump aide. Uh, let's get back to the panel. Uh, you're a Trump supporter. What do you <laughs> make Look, of this? I'm willing to bet my house that uh, in January of 2017... Someone approached uh, people high up in the administration and said, maybe this is not a great idea for a hire. Just, you know, turn on the TV, run the replays, Just run the episodes. If you've seen the episodes, you would probably make the determination that this might not be a person that's going to always uh, be the shining example of what a White House staffer should be. Yep. I mean, this is probably the least surprising thing that's ever happened, right? Yeah. I mean, going into a, well, what world do we live in again? I mean, yeah. going to the confessional sectional couch of Big Brother and... Telling, you know, spilling, you know, secrets, uh, you know, a la you know, Michael Wolf's book. Nobody can hear because they're whispering. Yeah. No, yeah. no, right. What did she say? Well, it's not going to be okay. Yeah. It is going to be okay. No, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, I mean, Amorosa is like a character in this drama. I guess they, they all are. But she particularly, I think she came out of the White House. She certainly didn't like how she was treated. She didn't like the narrative. She's very attuned to that. You know, but she's also, you know, in some ways I think she's gotten kicks out of playing the villain sort of role mm -hmm. in this. And Trump, Lord knows, you know, people, Sam Nunberg, you know, uh, people who've left Trump's orbit, you know, he still talks to them all the time. I mean, they can have these great ruptures and he still engages. Yeah. So I don't honestly know how much he really worries long term about <laughs> about, you know, make him angry. Yeah. Or this seems like revenge. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's she's 
talking like, oh, I was just there trying to, you know, serve the country and this very high-minded thing. Um, And then, you know, to be fair to Trump, he made her. Right. And now he she's all of a sudden after she's reportedly sort of dragged out of the White House, you know, telling the story. Also, the press secretary yesterday or deputy press secretary, deputy cons, whatever his title was, Raj. The fact that he bragged about the fact that they hired someone that had been fired three times by a reality television show, like that was a good talking point. Like, who put that together? You know, I mean, it, it is just amazing to see. There's that one photo, too, you know, where you can literally point to every single person in the photo is now gone. And yeah. it's almost like it's almost like they're using the job as the White House as their as their own audition tape for their next reality show. Yeah, it is stunning to me. And do I don't actually even know what she did. Do you know in the White House? No one does. Uh, so I, apparently she brought her entire bridal party in for a photo shoot and 30 people in the West Wing and Rose Garden. Uh, her shoes were all over the, the place. I, I have no idea. No, it, like Joe was saying, it was a terrible hire to begin with, and we all knew how this was going to end. But this is the great Trump experiment. You bring him in. He's got no political experience. He's got this reality TV uh, history. He brings in all the, a set of characters. He's actually gotten some incredible results, though, in the last year. So it's, you know, you take the good with the bad. This is uh, this this will be quickly forgotten. But Joe, he told us that he hires the best people, right? I mean, that he's a businessman and he's going to come and he's going to hire the best people. And he's had an unprecedented turnover in staff. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It's like Penny was just saying, you can pull up that picture of all his inner circle and they're all gone now. So... What's going on? I actually like that. I think when people don't meet expectations and don't do a good job, they should be shown the door as quick as possible. I don't think that is is that far off from sort of the Trump mantra of hiring the best because when people aren't performing, you get rid of them. But don't you want somebody who has the judgment to hire good people and you can have some sort of consistency? Yeah, but his comfort, I mean, he's, he's, his comfort level is so important to him. Sort of the meritocracy is not a word that has been associated with Donald Trump. It's, it's family members. It's having people like Omarosa. When they went to the White House, they knew that they needed a staff that he was going to feel sort of comfortable with and familiar with, that he would sort of know some of these people. But to the extent to which they were qualified to be doing anything, certainly that involved a national security clearance, you know, he was putting young aides from the campaign into senior positions that had nothing to do with But now policy. we hear he's already sort of turning on General Kelly. So this is kind of, you know, and, uh, and even shockingly is angry at Hope Hicks, who is really the one who has lasted the longest and has been the closest and most loyal to him. I'm curious what you think about her being involved in drafting the statement. Uh, you know, you're a, a PR yeah. communications guru. What what do you well, think I mean, about the, that? The inconsistency of it within hours um, of it was so inconsistent. But do you think it, it was a, a conflict for her to have been involved in writing something about someone sure. she's I mean, is there prejudice in? to it? Of course. Yeah. Um, and were you trying to make sure, did you know all the facts? You probably didn't know that the pictures were going to be released and other things. But, but again, the pictures had nothing to do exactly. with it. She knew the facts. Yeah. She knew the pattern. She knew what was there. So for her to put out the statement was incredibly irresponsible. Uh, for her, and did not serve the president well. Right. Uh, and also then to have to backtrack six hours later. And as, as we all know, and, and talking about his own staff, as we know, in the White House every day, that Oval Office gets smaller and smaller. It only gets more and more confining. And when you lose your first round of staff, your second round of staff, and you don't have anybody else to trust, then is when I am really going to be worried about Yeah, Trump I mean, this is usually happening in the second administration, yes. to be honest. So, all right, thank you, everybody. That was a great conversation. And this is day 386 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. Please check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. 
and we'll see you back here next week. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.